edition of Life Talks. My name is Dan. I'm one of the teaching pastors at Life Fellowship in suburban Charlotte, North Carolina. And today we have some very special guests in our guests, rather, in our Life Talks studio. The Lanier clan is here. So we've got Jason, Liam, and Oliver. Now, if you are a member of Life Fellowship, you got to meet the Lanier guys a few weeks ago when I was teaching, and I asked them uh, to come on up and talk to me about a certain thing that they do in their family that I, that I wanted the church to know about. It went so well. These guys are so amazing that I said, I've got to do a podca- podcast with them. So that's what we're doing today. Welcome, Oliver. How are you doing, man? Good. Good. First time, first time on a podcast, is it? Yes, sir. Okay, and how old are you, man? Ten years old. Ten years old. And uh, and what grade are you in school then? Fourth? Fourth. Fourth grade. All right. Good job. And then we've got Liam. Liam Liam just has that look about him always that you just wonder what he's up to. <laughs> and you're just going to assume that it's probably something honorary. Liam, how old are you now? I'm 16. 16. And he's driving. I, I, I watch him drive. Yes, and, and quite frankly, he's very good at it. I've, I've not seen him drive over the... The uh, uh, parking... Not yet. Yeah, not yet. Or, <laughs> or at least you're not going to admit it if you have. Right. And Liam, you're a junior or senior? Junior. A junior. And you're at Liberty Prep, right? Yes, sir. All right. Very good. And do you work? I do. I work at McDonald's. At McDonald's. So you can really say, do you want fries with that? And <laughs> that's part of part of it? Yes, yeah. sir. All right. Well, uh, I gave up McDonald's after I had my first heart attack. So, um, oh, yeah. So I don't see you. But <laughs> all right. And of course, many of you know Jason Lanier. Jason is... Uh, not only a friend and colleague, but he is the pa- uh, worship pastor at Life Fellowship. He's got uh, decades of experience uh, working in worship ministry. But uh, th- what we're here to talk about today is your your fathering philosophy. Mm. <laughs> so, and and Jason, I've just you know since even before we worked together, uh, we we were Facebook friends, and and I yeah. I noted that you're a unique combination of of um, creativity and yet. Um, a lot of times creative people are not particularly disciplined people. Right. Um, but you are both. And and so that's why I wanted you to be here. So welcome, guys. And what, what I want to do is, first of all, we're, we're, we're going to kind of talk about your philosophy of using idle moments for mm. for intentional purposes. Yes. So so tell, tell me how this works for you. Uh, I remember back when Vince and I first discovered we were going to be parents. And let's just pause here for the uh, the hundreds of listeners we <laughs> oh, have. Yes. Yeah, just <laughs> this is a common pause. Yes, uh, yeah, we just want to make sure because this, this goes out to a lot of people who don't know you. So Right, Vince is my wife's English name. Yes. Uh, she, her Chinese name is Wing C, but she doesn't like the way that I pronounce it. No one really knows her as Wing C, except for her family back home in Hong Kong. But so. yeah, Vince is not a man, Vince is yeah. a woman. There we go, okay. <laughs> She's not a part of the Italian mafia either. So, <laughs> though she might make a good member of that. Um, but when we first found out we were going to have a baby, Vince went into uh, overdrive of preparation, wanting to collect every book that she could possibly get her hand on because we realized we didn't know anything about parenting. And Vince's first course of action is always study, study, study. And my reaction was quite opposite from hers. I was like, I don't want to read a book about the planet's children, I feel like as Christians, as uh, those who acknowledge that we've been created by the Creator, we will already have within us at some level the instincts to be good parents. Let's raise, let's get to know our children and raise our children as the human beings they've been, they've been designed to be. Mm. So you can read all those books 
and you can tell me what you think is important, but I don't feel compelled to read all the books. And from there, that's really been our philosophy. She does some research and reading. She sends me lots of things, and I ignore lots of things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I've spent a lot of time observing my children uh, through biblical truths and who they are as individuals. And that's been my philosophy is to raise the, – there is a design within each of my three sons put there by God. It's part of my journey to discover that, help them to fulfill that, and also uh, to be godly. Yeah. To be godly in that pursuit. So, and you have three sons: one who is a senior in college, yes. and then one who's a junior in high school, and then your fourth grader. So, Oliver, l- let me ask you this: when when it comes to living life in the linear household, it doesn't look to me like you have a lot of just super idle time. Do you feel like your dad is always looking for new things to teach you? Sometimes. Yeah. When is your favorite time of the day to hang out with your dad? Probably. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your Valentine's Day because we're right after Valentine's. What was your Valentine's Day like? Well, it was when we uh, talked about like how he proposed to our mom at, mm-hmm. on Valentine's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And did you do anything special on top of that? We play. We had a big dinner and then we played some board games. Yeah. And it looked like it was a pretty special dinner, too. So now, you worked all day long yesterday, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. yesterday, uh, part, part of the intentionality is you all make a deal out of holidays. Right. And, and you try to, to do them intentionally. Yes. So I noticed on, on your Facebook feed that yesterday, what was your favorite thing that you got to eat yesterday? The chocolate fountain. Yeah, you had a chocolate <laughs> fountain in your house. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people on this planet who have never even seen one, and you have one in your own house. He walked through the door not realizing it was going to be there, and it was almost like awakening on Christmas morning. Yeah. He's like, <gasps> So I just wonder, did you slurp out of it like a dog, or did you like put your hands under it, or how, how did you... I wanted to slip out of it. <laughs> you can imagine. So, but no, you planned a special event, and then you shared a story. Yes. And, and you're very, very good at... Using stories to connect. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So you told the story of your engagement. To- yeah, I tell that to the kids often to the point that they roll their eyes now, but yeah, they know their legacy. And so I shared about how Vince and I uh, met and how we began, as cheesy as it sounds, and it is cheesy. We started dating on Valentine's Day. And then I proposed two or two years later on Valentine's Day. And so I kind of baked in the significance of that holiday for the rest of our lives. There's no mm-hmm. ignoring it. We dated, proposed, and here we are with three boys and still telling the story uh, nearly 30 years, or I guess we've been together dating 30 years, 30 years later. Yeah. So Liam, you're, you're 16. It is so not cool to think of your dad dating and all the things that, you know, that come <laughs> with his stories. But on the flip side, do you ever think it is kind of cool that you know all this about your dad? It is very nice to know all the information, even though it does get tiring at a point where he repeats <laughs> it every single time because yeah. he knows that it bothers us. But it's a nice reminder of the genuine relationship they have and the specialness that of Valentine's Day and holidays and just everything. Mm-hmm. So, what what was your favorite part of yesterday? And mine was probably the board game we played at the end of the night because mm-hmm. we have a very competitive family, mm-hmm. so we take games very seriously. Too yeah. seriously. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it was fun because me and Oliver beat the parents, which was the game we played last night. Beat Bare. the parents. Mm-hmm. Barely. Right. Mm, still beat you. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you win, that's all they can, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> so so th- those kind of activities, are those common? I mean, like, what else do you all do together? Uh, a lot of times it's walks mm-hmm. around in the park or walks in the neighborhood if it's too late. 
or sometimes he'll come home and if something like serious has happened, he'll just sit me down on the couch and we'll have a conversation there. Mm -hmm. And do, do you feel like when you're talking to your dad that sometimes he's just kind of talking to you like another guy? What's he talking to you like? Serious. Serious? <laughs> well, that would be like another guy then, wouldn't it? So, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> Liam, as you've aged, have you noticed the conversations have changed at all as you've aged? Yes, sir. He's not as, he's more blunt, I guess, in a way, because mm -hmm. he knows that we're old enough to understand and he's hoping we get even more mature and understand it more. Yeah. Are there any things that you feel like there, your dad would be afraid to talk to you about? Nope. No, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> so in other words, there's probably some things he talks to you about that you probably wish he was afraid to talk to you about. I've a got, lot of times. <laughs> a, a lot of times. But you, Jason, that's part of your philosophy though, is that if somebody's yes. going to have an important conversation with your kid, it's going to be you it's first. It's going to be me first. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what other times do you look for in, in your family schedule where you have these meaningful conversations? Uh, we make a big deal out of vacations, too. Um, Vince and I have never made a habit of let's get away without the kids. Maybe we'll regret that in 10, 15 years. But um, we all, no matter if we've been to Germany, Canada, Disney World, or even West Virginia, we take the kids with us. And that's a big – we make use of that drive time there. I'll often have podcasts planned for that or specific songs planned about the area we're going to for your birthday, <laughs> Liam. That was your favorite playlist, right? So fun. All the songs were hints about where we were arriving for your birthday journey. Yeah. So, yeah, drives, a lot of time, drives and vacations. Yeah. So in our church services, we talked a little bit about you using your drive times to school. Yes. So you're you're the chief chauffeur for school yes. most, most of the days. Yes. So tell us what you call it and how you approach it. Well, it's called Let's Become Less Stupid, mm -hmm. and I guess sarcasm is a, is a, 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 it's a, a love value. Language. It's a love language in our family, <laughs> and uh, it's a great time. In the car, you've got a captive audience, and um, and we have a long drive, and so I'll curate some podcasts for our, our drive together, and I'll typically choose that based upon something going on in Oliver's life or Liam's life or just something I think they need to know a little bit more about. Um, also, biblical podcast because fundamentally, I think that everything that we learn and listen to needs to connect to, at some level, the reality of God. Um, and then we'll talk about those podcasts, or the conversation will take a turn about something else not related to the podcast. Like today, we we listened to a mm -hmm. podcast called Five Minutes in Church History, which is one of my favorite podcasts. Mm -hmm. We've been listening to that for years, and uh, it's a standing joke that it's not Liam's favorite because he's... <laughs> <laughs> so tired of hearing it. But today we listened to a podcast on what? You guys remind me. On Rome. Rome, Rome yes. And that's one of my techniques. I'll ask a question. What did we listen to? Mm -hmm. Rather than me say, I want to make sure they remembered it. And we began listening to the podcast on Rome. And then, Oliver, what began to come back to your memory? Uh, we learned about Rome in third grade. and Yeah, so a year ago. And all of that information started coming back. And Oliver started spouting information in the mm -hmm. car. Liam, of course, who is usually the least smart between him and Oliver, <laughs> uh, had very little to say. But I was impressed that he had retained that knowledge. And so we paused the podcast for a while and we began talking about what he recalled of Rome. And then we went back to the podcast, which was about five significant things within our Christian faith that happened within Rome. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, Liam, what have you learned from your dad that you think that you will use when you're a dad? To get in front of the hard conversations as uh, effectively and fast you can. So you don't have, like you said earlier, having someone else teach them that and then 
you might not agree with what they say or it'll lead your kid into the wrong on the wrong road and then just end up hurting them in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and Oliver, what would you say is something that you would like to make sure that you do with your boys someday that has been something that's in your family? Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> so you're a fan of the podcast. Maybe you'll have your own podcast. That would be pretty cool too, wouldn't it? Cast so, in the pod and, with Oliver. <laughs> do you have any particular favorite types of podcasts that you enjoy listening to? Probably the I like the five minutes of church history today, the Rome one mm-hmm. today. But which ones have you liked the most over the last, let's say, last year? It's a lot. Probably, I remember there's one like a Christmas, yes. like have a Christmas tree. Yeah, you particularly like the holiday podcast, mm-hmm. which connects, of course, to our family's significant, elaborate observations of holidays. Yeah. So if if you'll allow me a little bit. You didn't grow up in an, a, a beaver cleaver home, did you? No. No, no. And, you know, a lot of people don't. Right. And they use that for the rest of their life as an excuse. And, and, mm-hmm. and generationally, sometimes dysfunction repeats dysfunction mm-hmm. unless there is an intentional response to it. Mm-hmm. Have you found yourself responding to that in your own, your, your own life? And what would you say to the person today who may find, you know, look back on their child and say, I don't even know where to begin as a parent in raising boys in this culture? Yeah, there's a few there's a few short lists I try to consistently keep in my in front of my kids' uh, eyes and ears and in their minds. And one of those is uh, your goal should be to become self aware, God aware, and others aware. And I think self awareness is sorely lacking uh, in our culture and in a lot of just people that uh, that I interact with on a daily basis. But to become self aware means that, yes, I know that I didn't come from an ideal family situation, but self-awareness, true self-awareness, not self-centeredness, but self-awareness is how did it affect me positively? How did it affect me negatively? And how do I overcome that? Um, of course, everyone has a story, and then others' awareness ties into that. Why was my my family the way it was? Who was my mother beyond just being my mother? Who was my father beyond just being my father? And, and, and trying to understand that they have had a road and a journey, too, and how does that apply to myself? And then, of course, that God awareness piece is so important. There is an ob- objectivity to what God's expectations of a family are. How am I measuring up to that? How do I become that without... Because when I stand before the Lord, I'm not going to be able to say, well, you know, God, I didn't come I'm from a great background. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm responsible, and I'm trying to teach my boys that that they are responsible because there's going to be things about my their their life with me that they look back to and say that was I wish that hadn't been a part of my life because mm-hmm. I'm certainly no perfect person by any stretch. But they are still responsible for their behaviors from there, mm-hmm. and we call that out a lot in our house. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll call out behavior, good and bad. Yeah, I know this about all three of your boys is that. Um, they all have a good work ethic. Yes. You know, I mean, I, I was watching Oliver this morning and he was, um, today's a, a, it's a satellite day. Yeah, it's a, mm-hmm. a day in their, in their program. Uh, they don't actually attend the school every single day, but they do work at home. Yes. But uh, Oliver, you were sitting out there at the table. You had your books open. You were writing a paper. You were doing research on the computer. Has your dad been, has your, can you feel how your dad wants you to be a hard worker? Yeah, sometimes he like tells us how to do and what to do. Mm-hmm. And like, does this like does he have you work around the house? Does he have you do things in the yard? Is that, is that part of your your routine? A lot. 
Yeah. Yeah. So in other words, when you do things, you kind of do them as a family, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that helps teach you things? Sometimes I like to work with everyone, like include them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just teaches you that the work's not done until dad says it's done either, doesn't it? Yeah. I'm, or mom, usually. Yeah. yeah I'm <laughs> if sure. it's a honeydew list. Yeah. So, so Liam, you know, you got a job at a pretty early age. I mean, I used to watch you walk from McDonald's. Yes, sir. Yeah, because you couldn't drive yourself. Right. And and that was that. And by the way, you could get jobs. I mean, your dad knows a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You could probably get. Uh, how do I put it? Um, well, everybody who works at McDonald's talks about like that was the low point of their working career, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but your dad kind of wanted you to work at McDonald's. Yes, sir. Why, why was that? Do you think? Uh, one of the reasons was McDonald's offers things other, um, jobs wouldn't such as like scholarships. And then Mm -hmm. also he just want me surrounded by just in a shell, like, um, just people that he curated. He wants it to be, so I'm ready for the real world Mm -hmm. and not just surprised by anyone who would maybe disagree with me, yell at me or anything like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, which so, has happened at that McDonald's. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. McDonald's is not known for its uh, high caliber customers, right. uh-huh. starting with me. But the the fact is that um, did your dad coach you before you started going to work? Nope, he not ne- really. He never told you about getting there on time or things like that, or did he? Mm-mm. He kind of threw me to the wolves, got threw me ready. So you've had to learn through experience yes, what sir. was expected. And how old were you when you first started? Uh, at McDonald's, I started at 15, but he got me to get a job, I think, a little earlier than that because mm-hmm. at first it wasn't even an actual real job. So you put a post on Facebook saying that my son wants to make some money and I want him to start working. So I would do like little jobs like cleaning people's houses and stuff like that until I got an actual job. We drove around all everywhere, Davidson, Cornelius, mm-hmm. Huntersville, trying to find a job. But and I made you go in and ask, yep, not he me. Did not, he just uh, threw me in there. He said, Liam, mm-hmm. go get a job. And... I did get those jobs, and then when I stopped working for a while because of COVID, he got a bit tired of me not working, so mm-hmm. he pulled into McDonald's parking lot out of nowhere and said, Liam, go get a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No so, warning. Pulled nope. in. So. so kind of treating you like a man. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. So one other question I want to a- ask you is, I see you around church a lot, but on Sundays, you're not just hanging out with your friends. No, sir. So what's what's that all about? Uh church has always been a big thing for our family since my dad has been in the worship ministry for a lot of his life. So he tries to uh, get me, Ellis, and Oliver into it. So it started with Ellis, and I would just watch them going on Sunday mornings, and then eventually got old enough to be able to work on the production team. So then I started doing slides, fell asleep a lot, mm-hmm. and then... Because you have to be here at, what, 5 o'clock, right? Uh, we would usually wake up at 5 o'clock and then get here around 6, because mm-hmm. he would like to get here early. And then I started getting into the more bigger jobs, like running the camera, running the lights. So Sundays is always a, a work day for us. Mm-hmm. And and it's not just work though; it's service because you don't right, get paid for serving, it, right? Right. Yeah. So I, I just want to ask this: Does this make you hate God that you ha- that you have to come to church and serving? No, sir. I know that it's um, beneficial to me because I was telling my mom this uh, when I first started working that. When I was working at McDonald's, it didn't really feel like I was working because my dad has thrown us into volunteering, stuff like that. So when I was like, oh, I got a paycheck. I got Mm -hmm. paid for doing this work. But it just felt like volunteer work. Mm -hmm. So, but in in the service, you feel part of what your dad's doing, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because one one of the things that we find in the research, and I've just been reading a bunch of uh, research by Christopher Smith out of Notre Dame, that says one of the reasons why people stay in church after their kid 
sects or churches because they integrate in through service with their family, that it's just part of who they are as a family. And I know this, a lot of guys in this church, a lot of men, a lot of ladies respect you two guys, not simply because you're Pastor Lanier's son, but because you're hard workers, you're around, you volunteer, and 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 those kind of things, and uh, and and so that that always impresses me uh, when when I see that, Jason. In the in the time that remains, um, what would you say to somebody who's you know they're at that stage where they you know the kids are just coming along. Your kids kind of came along, spaced out. I mean, mm-hmm. you you literally had one elementary, one in middle school, and one in high school. Yes, um, there's a five year difference and then a six year difference. So with with that in mind, what would you say to a young dad today who is feeling a bit overwhelmed by the culture and the new responsibility of of having young kids that are looking to them for leadership, what encouragement would you give them? Uh, I would say that the one thing I've discovered through the, the stuff I've read, the stuff I've done, the places I've been, whether it's different countries, museums, whatever, there's one thing that hasn't changed as the culture changes, and that is children want their dads. Mm. And so embrace that, be encouraged by that. You're still going to feel overwhelmed. I still feel overwhelmed at 47 with a 21-year-old to a 10-year-old. But my kids want to be around me. I want to be around my kids. And that's a foundational starting point for that dad. Your kid wants you. It may not always seem like it, but they do. And historically, they have. The the statistics have continued to prove it, but I don't need the statistic to prove it. I see it in my house. Yeah. One And and one of the most – and I learned this from – who was the former secretary of HUD, um, African-American guy who was the doctor. Mm. Uh, what is his name? I'll think of it in a second. But um, I, I heard a speech by him years ago. He ran for president. Why can't I remember his name? This is what happens when you turn 60. But uh, Was it Carson? Or? Carson, yes, yeah, yes, Carson. Ben Carson. And he was showing the research on this at this speech that I heard him give. And he said the number one factor on whether kids turn out successfully or struggle is the presence of a dad in their life, a mm. dad. Mm. And and moms have a different role, yeah, but the, sure. the no stabilizing doubt. factor of a dad, they're less likely to go to jail. They're less likely to do drugs. They're less likely to commit suicide. They're less likely to be poor. They're less likely to be divorced. You just name it point after point after point, and the presence of a dad in their life was the determining factor for many of them. And the fact that you see that ahead and you have proactively done that has been an inspiration to me and to all of us who know you. And I want to say thank you so much, not only for just being here today, but for the example that you set and also for your your your, your boys. Your boys are boys. No, you know, yeah. I've, 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 I've watched them, you know, run around, <laughs> run around the, the church, you know, like wild Indians when they were little. And, and, and now. Can you say wild Indians anymore? You can't even say wild I'm Indians not, anymore. You probably, probably I, not. I am always in trouble with my, my saying. But, but I I've enjoyed watching them become men too. Yeah. And thank you. and I liked them as kids and I respect them as men. Oh, all, all your boys. That means a lot. And and I respect you as a dad. We're gonna have you back to have some more of these kind of conversations in the future. But Liam and Oliver, thank you for for sharing a little bit with us today. And to all of the folks that are listening to us, I just want to say this. You're not gonna be a perfect parent. None of us are perfect parents. But the in the end, no one really expects you to be perfect. They just expect you to be there. They expect you to be connected. They expect you to care. And and so wherever you are, whether you're a brand new dad or you're a dad with adult children and you're looking at your grandkids or whether you're an uncle, maybe you don't have kids, you can be a voice for truth and biblical principle in someone else's life. So search that out, embrace it, live it to its fullest. You'll never regret it. And it's part of being a part of the family of God as well as being part of our earthly family. So thank you so much as always for joining us at Life Talks. If you'd like to ever send us a question or offer a suggestion for an episode, you can do so by writing at lifetalks at lifecharlotte.com. 
com. And uh, we love it when you share our podcast with others. So if you'll do that on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and anywhere else that you can. And as always, thank you so much for joining us here at Life Talks. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well. So leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. The Ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit lifecharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.